Hi, I'm Beck. And I'm Paul. And this is DVD Clutter. Hi. Hi. We made back. it. I did. I've just been in traffic for a, what seemed like an eternity. Five hours. Yeah, 125 years. <laughs> 1,100. 1,100. Laura met someone who was 1,100 the other day. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. She was an old lady. Sorry for interrupting. It's all right. <laughs> As you may have noticed, we have special guest Laura is here today to talk about the DVD because we're not doing one of my DVDs and we're not doing one of your DVDs. No. We are decluttering my house collection of DVDs, yes. <laughs> which involves Laura's DVDs. Yes, and just a recap for those who might be listening for the first oh, very time. True. We're called DVD Clutter. We watch DVDs that are lying around the house. Yeah. We debate them. Yeah. We take them to trial. Yeah. And we come up with a verdict. Yeah. It might be we keep it. It yep. might be we give it away. Yep. It might be we send it to the sandworms. <laughs> very good. <laughs> Thinking on the fly. The sandworms from Beetlejuice. Oh, I was like, what are sandworms? I, I don't get it. Beetlejuice. Yes, yes Beetlejuice. That's the, oh no, fuck, how many times is that? Be careful. It's only to us. Um, yeah, so we're doing the film Beetlejuice, the Tim Burton classic. Probably many people have heard of it, a bit of a cult classic. Yeah. Is it mainstream classic? I think so. I think it did quite well. Um, it was sort of Tim Burton's, like he'd, he'd only done one film before it and it was his yes. sort of first big film as Tim Burton, not yes. as him, just a director. Where he got to put some of his self, yeah. I guess, more of his self a bit into it. And that's it. But we'll give you a little rundown of how this film came into my home via Laura. Can you tell us why you bought this DVD? Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> and thanks for coming in today. No worries. <laughs> now, I'm just going to have to think this through. In my 20s, I worked at my dad's restaurant. We were open for business, lunch and dinner. In between lunch and dinner, there was a break. We closed for approximately an hour and a half, two hours. I'd often go to JB Hi-Fi and buy whatever DVDs were on sale. That's so dangerous. <laughs> I'm surprised I've, you don't have 500 DVDs. Well, actually, I yeah. did have more. I think my old housemate Charlotte may have some of them. <laughs> probably have given some away by accident. We've definitely given away a whole box already. To the op shop. To the op shop. We have. Um, so it was dangerous, but still, I can't rival Paul's collection. No. <laughs> Not many people can. But <laughs> I think Beetlejuice, I saw it and thought, oh, that's a cult classic. That's really cool and different. I'll buy that and watch it, and I don't think I ever actually watched it. Oh wow! Until who the would other ever do day. that? But <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely seen it on TV. Oh, so the first when we watched this together, that was the first time I you watched had watched it, it on DVD. Potentially. Oh. I mean, I do have a horrible memory, so <laughs> who knows what the truth is? But all I can say is I bought it because it was on sale and it looked cool. <laughs> um, and you were how old? In my early 20s, yeah. um, I don't know, 20, 21. Just for those of you who don't know Laura, she was, uh, I like to say, she was into the punk scene at that time. At that time? No. Oh, that was earlier. That was earlier. Oh, okay. It was about five years earlier. Okay, sorry. But yeah, definitely into things that were a little bit quirky, I suppose. A little bit alt, yeah, yeah. a little bit indie. Yep. It's got a good cover for that sort of like vibe, doesn't it? Oh my God, yes. Um, back when they used to make great movie posters, I really love the Beetlejuice poster, mm, the DVD cover. Yeah, you can you can look at it and you can tell, like you know, they say don't judge a book by its cover, but you could pretty accurately judge this by its cover. I feel you always yeah. judge everything by its cover. Anyway, <laughs> this is very rude, actually. <laughs> and I got it right in this case. Yeah, sure, I'll give you that. Yeah, did it live up to your expectations? Did you feel cool watching it? Um, well, I didn't watch it at the time of purchase. But I felt cool watching it the other night. I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. Beetlejuice. Beetleglass. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to give us your... Before you go, Laura has to go because she's got a busy life. Mm. She can't just sit around talking exactly. about reflections. <laughs> she's guest appearing on another podcast <laughs> in 10 minutes. <laughs> um, do you want to give us your an overview of what you thought of the film? It was quite good. <laughs> um, it had good soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Oh, yes. Yeah, we'll and I that. love Winona. Yes. But I don't think 
I don't think you need to keep it. Oh, do I get to choose? You get to choose. Oh, yes. Wow. The power. <laughs> so that's my review. I liked it, but I can take it or leave it. Right, because so I know it's mainstream enough that I'll be able to find it again. That's very true. So if it's if you were in my seat, you would say goodbye to Beetlejuice. Yeah, I think so. But this isn't my show about decluttering. That's true. Also, I don't know if that was a review. Yeah, it'll do. It'll do? Yeah. It's good. It was quite good. <laughs> this is why this is not, not my sure. podcast. It was quite good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. No, thanks for having me yes. again. Um, and we will see you next time. See you thanks next time. Thanks for running the DVD too. Oh, anytime. Mm. I'll uh, start compiling a list of <laughs> my next ones. Good. All right, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, now that she's gone, let's get point. into the real. <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen it before, uh, Beetlejuice opens with a happy couple, the Maitlands, uh, Barbara and Adam, played, played by, by Alec Baldwin and Gina Davies. Yep. Alec Baldwin as, as um, I mean, this was made in the 80s. 1988. Yeah, 1988. So Alec Baldwin, who I mainly know from 30 Rock when he's, you know, in the current, the present day, he's a quite an elderly gentleman, elderly gentleman, mm. an older gentleman. Um, like he's quite big, heavy set, bit of chub around the face. In this, he's like... He was young once. Oh my God. Yes. He was almost unrecognizable. I know. And, and he it really... Sort of have... Because, like, these days, Alec Baldwin in anything displays, I guess, a riff on that Alec Baldwin persona that he's yes. sort of... And 30 Rock had a lot to do with yes. it. Yes. 30 Rock really brought him back into yeah. the forefront of everyone's, like, yeah, brought him back from the dead. And this is very this is very different. It's very plain. You, it's very straight-laced. Yeah, yeah. You don't even really hear, like, the Alec Baldwin voice. No. So, yeah. It's he's completely transformed almost, mm. and he's wearing glasses as well, which makes it hard to kind of see. Makes it weird. Yeah, yeah. Just it made me think of that the quote from Clueless where she goes, "Oh, he's a total Baldwin." Yes. And when, when I saw him, I was like, "Oh yeah, he is a total Baldwin." <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He's a, he's a good one good-looking man. Yep. Yep. So anyway, the Maitlands they live up in this beautiful old house up on a hill. Someone they know. I think it's her sister, maybe even. Is it actually? I don't know. I think at the end she said she was family, as in pretending to be sad about it. I think she's just a local, just a local real estate real estate agent. Keeps wanting to get them to sell it. Yeah, she's hounding them, knocking on the door. Yeah, they don't want to sell. We've got this offer. We've got that offer. They don't want to sell. Uh, They go down the shops, pick up a couple of things. Yep. On the way, they're on a holiday essentially. Yeah, they're they're on holidays. Homestay holiday. Yep. They go down the shops on the way home. Dog runs in front of the car. And they end up falling into a river. Yep. yep. They swerve to miss the dog, which every country driver knows. You don't, don't swerve. swerve. Just break. You just, well, break if there's no one behind you, but otherwise just hit mm. that dog. Sorry, dog. Oh, awesome. <laughs> anyway. So <laughs> See, if they hadn't grown up with my dad teaching them to drive, they would not be in this mess. <laughs> Great. So we're five minutes into the film. <laughs> so we cut to, they're coming back to the house. They're completely soaked. They're like, oh, what a start to the vacation. Yeah. And they notice some weird stuff. Um, they can't get any warmer. Yep. Uh, Barbara sets herself on fire accidentally and doesn't notice it. Yep. They don't Adam, know. They realize, how did we actually get here? They don't yeah. realize, they don't know how they got back to the house. Yeah. Adam sets foot outside the house and realizes that he's in a giant sand field filled with these killer worms. Yep. He comes back, which feels like a couple of seconds. He's been gone for hours. Barbara realizes they've got no reflection. Yep. What's going on? They find a handbook, a handbook for the recently diseased. Yes. Oh, oh. Deceased. <laughs> <laughs> Which has got to be one of my favourite jokes from the movie. Adam um, reads the title and gets it wrong. Says yeah. disease. I've got no <laughs> idea whether that was diseased. improvised or... Yeah. Um, but, but no, I don't think it's improvised because I think it's playing on them not being able to say Beetlejuice's name right. Ah, uh, yes. Him not being able to yeah. say Beetlejuice's name right. It, it was just perfect. It's a nice little setup. So they find out they're dead. Yeah. And they've got this really thick and hard to read yes. handbook of what to do. Very, they get like, a, dense. Yeah, uh, technical. They get yes. a bit confused. And they start to get used to the idea that they're just going to be sitting in their house till they can figure out what's going on until mm. their house gets sold from under them. Oh, my God. They're dead. They're dead. You know? Can't stop they it. Do Can't go it? outside. Yeah. So this family moved in. They're kind of reading the book and they go, well, maybe we'll try and scare them out. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to work. No. The family is made up of a mother, mm. father, and daughter. Yeah. So, so Catherine O'Hara, Jeffrey Jones are the parents. Yeah. They're the Deets. The Deets. Yes. And their daughter, Lydia Deets, is Winona Ryder. Yeah. They also have um, Otho. Oh, yes. Which is like their personal interior designer slash life coach yep. for the mum. Who um, is like obsessed Delia. with arts. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to be a modern artist. Yes, yes. So she makes all these crazy sculptures. That are really shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so they well, try and sc- I mean, art is subjective, but sure. <laughs> they try and scare them out. Doesn't work. They see an ad that gets programmed into their TV for this guy called Beetlejuice. Or Beetlegeist, as they should pronounce it first. Who promises to be an exterminator for... A bio-exterminator. bio-exterminator. Get rid of the living from where you want to live. live. <laughs> Except you're dead. Except you're dead, yep. So they start to think about him. Anyway, they read a little bit more in the book and they say they can go visit their caseworker. Yeah. They do. Yeah. They chat to their caseworker. The so case they go to the underworld or the... the Afterlife. Afterlife, yeah. They, Which is basically like a waiting room and some yeah. offices. <laughs> yeah. Which is some of the, I think, best visual humour of the film. We might talk about that later. Yeah. But they're there. They talk to their caseworker. The caseworker says, look, you're there for 125 years. You either scare them out or you learn to live with them. I'm not going to help you. Stop wasting my time. Don't call Beetlejuice. Yeah, don't call Beetlejuice, though, because that guy's a prick. Yeah, he used to work with me. Hate him. He's a rogue. He's crazy. Yeah. Also, you call him by saying his name three times. Because he can't say his own name. He can't say his own name. So it's just written. And it's not written like it is in the title. The title. It's written with a G-U-I-S-E. Like you spelled the constellation Beetlejuice. Oh. So they come back and it's been several months. The house has been completely renovated. Because time spent in the afterlife waiting room goes quicker. Goes quicker. Yep. So they go, okay, right, let's get down to the job of spooking. They chuck some sheets over their heads and try and spook. <laughs> it doesn't work. No one can really see them except for, they find out, Lydia. Yep. So they get to know Lydia and they actually like Lydia, mm. but they hate her parents. Mm. Her parents are pretty insufferable. Yep. Mm. They start building up their scaring technique. Yep. Lydia works on her parents to try and not be as annoying in the house i guess yeah to be a bit more respectful lydia's parents invite over some people and barbara and adam think this is going to be their best shot so they do a possession possession and a haunting yeah um which is like one of the most famous scenes to the banana boat song yeah which goes dale exactly um daylight come man we wanna go and then they're all rising up in the air it's great that's it it's, Are they scared though? No, they're not scared at all. They think it's great and they're going to try and make the haunted house some sort of commercial Disneyland-like attraction. Yeah, they're like, great, we can make so much money off this. They're having the best time. They're laughing. They're enjoying it way yeah. too much. So Barbara and Adam get def- desperate and they say Beetlejuice three times. Yeah. And they enter Beetlejuice into the picture. Uh-oh. Turns out he is a rogue. Yeah. And he does some very mean things yep. as a snake. Yeah. So Barbara and Adam get pretty annoyed at him, try to get rid of him. They realise they made a mistake. Yeah. Their caseworker gets some sort of alert. So she creates a brothel oh, that distracts yeah. Beetlejuice. He goes off to that. She says, hey, look, you're really in the stuff now yeah. because you've let out Beetlejuice. Yeah. Don't do that again. No. Uh, we don't want anyone to have proof of the afterlife. Yes. And there's photos of you as ghosts. Ghosts. This theme park's coming. And, and also that interior designer guy, what was his name again? Otho. Otho has taken the guy to the afterlife. Yeah, so he just noticed it, picked it up slyly, put it in his jacket pocket. I mean, to be fair, I would totally do that too. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're like, what the? I mean, Lydia had already read it, but yes. she was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In the afterlife, they're like, mm, she's cool. That guy, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. So, caseworker says, so you need to scare them right now. Yes, you so need to they, get them out. They, de- they deform themselves to be really scary, which is also a really good scene. Yeah. They run out. Lydia's there. They end up scaring Lydia. And then they say, sorry, actually, look, we're just going to have to learn to live with your family. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Turns out it's not okay because they've got these executives up to talk about the Disney World thing. Yeah. Barbara and Adam go into hiding. Up um, in the attic. Up in the attic, they won't come out. So Otho, who's read the book, says, I'll get them out. He doesn't really know what he's doing, though. And it turns out what he's doing is an exorcism, which is the only way you can kill a ghost. It sends them to this valley of lost souls. Yep. So while he's doing this, they start to age really rapidly. Yep. And it's kind of scary. They're like, their bones are disintegrating. Mm -hmm. Lydia's freaking out because they're her friends. Yeah. So Lydia doesn't know what to do. She's panicked. She gets Beetlejuice. Yeah. She unleashes Beetlejuice. Yeah. Because it's the only thing she can do, really. However, he makes her promise to marry him. Yes. Because if he marries a mortal, he'll be released back for good. And won't be on the whim of someone saying his name three times. Yes. So he gets real scary and scares the bejeebas out of lots of people. Yeah. Thinks his job's done. Yeah. So he's like, all right, Lydia, time to get married. So meanwhile, he saves, he does fulfill his promise to save the two 
he, yeah, he scares um, them out. To save... Saves the Maitlands. Saves the Maitlands, thank you. Um, scares everybody else out. That's it. He's there with Lydia. He's like, now... Marry me. you got to marry me. And it looks like they're going to get married. It's so close. Yep. The Maitlands try and stop it. He, by saying his name three times, he shuts them up until... <gasps> They sweep in at the last minute, save the day. Beetlejuice gets eaten by a sandworm. Yes. Everyone lives happily ever after. Yes. Except for Beetlejuice, of course. <laughs> Who is stuck in the waiting room of the... Afterlife. Afterlife public service office. <laughs> yeah. Um, and <laughs> can I just, I'll read out how Wikipedia sums up the very last moment of it. Because it's just hilarious. So this is after you see that the Deets and the Maitlands are now living harmoniously together. Yes, which in the is house. such a nice. So yeah. the, they, we kind of jump forward like a couple of years or a year or yeah. something. Um, Lydia's like settled into the local school. She comes back home. Barbara and Adam are like, "How did you do in the math test? How did you do in the math test?" And she's been studying for this math test, and Adam's been helping her study. And yeah. they're very much become parental figures in her life which is quite beautiful because they couldn't have kids they were struggling to have kids beforehand and then as a reward for getting a um a in her maths test she they possess her and she gets to float up to a different song and she's like dancing in the air to a different song and it's very happy and the parents kind of hear the music you find out that um yeah the the deeps the parents uh, Charles and Dahlia are upstairs too. Yeah. They're still living in the They're house. They're still living in the house as well. They're still loving their daughter. Yeah. Um, Dahlia's uh, sculptures are now based off all the weird things Beetlejuice turned into and yep. she's become quite successful. You can yep. see on the walls and her the father's actually started to relax yes. and everyone's happy. Yeah, it's a beautiful, yeah. nice little... It's just a very like, ah, It's a, a very nice, nice scene, yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, <laughs> Beetlejuice is stuck in the afterlife waiting room. There, he attempts to cut in front of a witch doctor who shrinks his head in retaliation. However, being Beetlejuice, he remains upbeat. This could be a good look for me. <laughs> the end. That's the end. That's, that's how it sums up the ending of the film on well, Wikipedia that's, that there. Is, that's true. That is, is what happens. It really yeah. is. Um, but he's stuck there forever. Yeah. So. Uh, which later on we might talk about. The plan was to leave it open very much yes. for a, a sequel. Yes. So I guess now it's... Well, it was neither of our DVDs. Do you want to give a... I'll give my review, review first. first. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had seen this movie before mm-hmm. and enjoyed it before. Like, it's it's kind of like a... It's quirky. It's odd. It's a bit of a romp in the park. Mm. Um, you know, it's there's lots of crazy things that happen but the characters are really likable so you feel attached to the characters yeah and yeah that that was exactly how i felt this time just really enjoyable i think i was a bit more shocked at how gross beetlejuice gross was. beetlejuice was yeah because last time i saw it i think that kind of maybe went over my head yeah um and then I'm, i was like why is it called Be- like why is he they called beetlejuice and he's like the focus but I mean, he's a, a big plot point, but he's not really in the film for a whole lot um, for a film that's named after someone. No. So the film is about the Maitlands and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Hmm. I think it was interesting watching them because, so this was the 80s, they were on holidays, so they were on holidays, but they decided to stay home for their holiday. And he has this, Adam has this town up in, he's got up in the attic, he has a big table filled with the, a model of the town itself. Yeah. So he's building like the little the church and the school and whatever. He's building a little model replica of the town that he's living yeah. in. And he's really obsessed with that. And so on his holiday, he's like, you know, getting special things for that and doing all of that stuff. And as the holiday present, Barbara gives him something special that he needed to help make the model. And then as a holiday present from him to her... He gives her some wallpaper, which I was like, I don't know, maybe I was overthinking it. But but all of that stuff in the house, there was a lot of like him up in the attic, her down the kitchen doing the dishes. Mm, yeah, there was a lot that was very much like the the focus or the the things that they enjoyed doing were him doing his project and her doing house making the house pretty essentially. Yeah. So I found that quite gendered. Um, yes. quite stereotypically gendered but it wasn't in your face I think it was it's very much implicit you know ideology as a part of the time that it was yeah. produced in rather than you know something that they did it was just thoughtless I guess rather than being pushing a that's patriarchal idea yeah yeah I very much agree with that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but and out and she's got you know the Gina Davies character, uh, Barbara, she's smart, she's switched on, she's mm. all the other traits. She's a very well-rounded character in a lot of other ways. So she's yeah. definitely not two-dimensional in any way. No. And Gina Davies is beautiful. Mm. And she's a like pretty hardcore feminist, I, I think. Mm. Yeah, as we all should be. <laughs> exactly. But you're a fan of the film. 
Yes, definitely yeah. a fan of the film. Definitely a fan of the film. We, uh, yeah, the, the grossness of Beetlejuice was a bit bleh. Mm. Um, but we'll talk about the development of it later, but he was meant to be worse, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and um, I, I think we can also... Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about the grossness of Beetlejuice later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that was the only thing I was like, oh, about. Yeah. yeah, I just, I like it. It's fun. It's enjoyable. The characters are like over the top, mm. but you still care about them. You don't have to think too deeply about it. It's it's fun. Yeah. yeah. You? Yeah. Um, look, uh, around 2004, 2005, I had like a super obsession with Tim Burton as a director. Yep. Just absolutely completely like, you know, like going on online blogs and reading stuff and watching fan edits and oh, wow. you know, all, all like really deep and reading a lot about him yep. and everything like that. So this was one of the films that I got introduced to through sort of Tim Burton. So it, I think it all started, my mum bought me a book on Tim Burton called Burden on Burden, oh. which was just interviews with him, Cool. Um, which I read on a family holiday yep. and then really got into it. Yeah. Uh, and it was on the lead up to Sweeney Todd, which we'll get to eventually. Yes. Which, yeah, I sort of like was like, this is going to be the best film ever. Um, but this was very much one of the films that I sort of watched as his back catalogue. Not on DVD, but I just remember one night, quite vividly actually, it just sort of came up. We were watching like something on Channel 9 and it said, tonight at you know 9.30, Beetlejuice. And I was like, oh, what? That's crazy. <laughs> and mum was like, yeah, you can watch. Like, you know, yeah. Watch what it. age were you again? Oh, like, you know, like, I didn't, like, ask permission to watch it, but it was more just like, I'm going to stab and watch that. Oh, no, I'm just interested in it. Oh, 2004, 2005, so it would have been, like, year 9, yep. year 10. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So was it the first time you had... Because I, I guess for people who aren't super into film and TV, we don't often know about directors. Hmm. So then once, when you get into a little bit more and you start to yep. catch on to a director and then you're like, oh, now I'm really into it. I love film and TV. I'm going to... And, and Tim Burton's such an auteur. Like, he's such a... Mm. His style is so he, replicated. He's also, like, a very accessible auteur, too. Very like accessible, you can, yes. You can pick out his themes. Yes, exactly. Very obviously. Very obviously. Yes. And I remember, like, first year film studies, just going off on a bit of a tangent, when we went to auteur studies, was yep. a, a little subject we looked at, and you could write on an auteur. Yeah. You didn't have to write on an auteur. You could also write on, like, themes or something. Yeah. But I was just like, like what other... Like, people... I remember people talked about James Campion, yeah, and um, someone else who's got like subtlety, <laughs> not Wes Anderson. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't Wes Anderson. It was oh, it's like Jane Campion and maybe even Peter Weir. Oh yeah, and they were talking about them as auteurs, and I was just like, but how can they be auteurs? Yeah, like, they don't have pinstripes in all exactly. of their films. Like, <laughs> how do you, how do you piece together? <laughs> have those circle straps yeah. or whatever yeah yeah exactly um, yeah, yeah so so Tim like, Burton is very much so very much an obvious yeah his his stamp is yeah extroverted there's an there's yeah there's an isolated character or a bit of a loner that has a dark world yes but is still cartoon anyway so yeah I remember watching it on tv and then I've gone to the Astra and seen it too yeah it's time I've yep. watched it a few times never ended up getting it on a dvd just because you know I guess I just didn't didn't get around to it. You didn't see it at JB for no. sale. Yeah, that that would have been it. <laughs> it would exactly. Have been yeah. <laughs> um, but I I really liked it. the soundtrack. Has got to be one of my favourite so film soundtracks good. of all time. I had it on my iPod growing up and oh, just listened to it. I did a year eleven drama piece based on the main theme tune. Did you? The, like the one that starts off daylight come yeah. and you want to go home. Dilla, dilla, dilla. Oh, cool! Yep. So did that. Maybe you could do a performance, a special performance for I don't podcast think listeners. I remember any of it, but oh, just an amazing soundtrack, and it's universally. You'll notice a lot of the time when they cut trailers for films, the soundtrack to the actual film isn't ready yet, so yep. they'll use a stand-in. Warner Brothers, big fan of the Beetlejuice trailer for any sort of zany comedy. Listen oh. in next time you're watching a trailer and you'll hear, oh, that's the, the Beetlejuice music. That really? Yeah. They just use it in other comedies. In oh, other, just, like, just for the trailers, trailers. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, it's got a fun, fast yeah. beat. Yeah, and, and it's, it's just some, some you know, background music. You can really um, Which we should, a trailer to that. We should say is by Danny Elfman. Well, because it's a Tim Burton film. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this must have been the start of their relationship because yeah. if Danny Elfman is the composer who does essentially all of... Tim Burton's very films. much so, but Nightmare Before Christmas is one of the big ones that they worked on. That together. they worked on together, um, and, they, and that's the music on that is amazing as well. Yeah, so they were introduced with Tim Burton's first film, which was Pee Wee's Big oh, Adventure. Oh, that's how they were introduced. Yeah, um, not completely Tim Burton's choice. Like that was because that was a big part of 
a studio. Pee-wee's big adventure you can sort of see more as like a bubble boy sort yes, of thing. It's yeah. a studio thing. They got yes, a director on. Yes. Turned out that director went places. Yes, like so, bubble boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, because Danny Elfman was in the band Oingo Boingo. Okay. And I don't that, know who they are. So they'd done some um, soundtrack stuff for films and stuff, and he was sort of looking to get into that area. Yeah. yeah. And Oingo Boingo was like zany, sort of horny, like, oh, sorry, like, <laughs> like brassy music. Um, what, what kind of music? <laughs> with horns in it. <laughs> I love it. Very mature, Beck. Oh, dear. Um, but, yeah, that was sort of his step into it, and I think because it was Burton's first step into feature directing and Elfman sort of... They must have a yeah. good relationship. They must That's have formed it. a good relationship and they've continued to work together. And Danny Elfman is one of the first composers that I knew of as well because yeah. of the same reasons. Like, I knew he was associated with Burton and it was easy to pick up where he had done the music. He has similar mm. styles that mm. go across all of the films as Very well. much so. And, he, yeah. and he, I think he can do, like, he's not the same as um, John Williams or Howard Shaw that they can sort of do the epic bombastic but he yes. does that sort of like kooky like, yeah. exciting and he's done a lot of superhero movies but I think because of because of that wait yeah. Elfman has done Elfman, a lot of superhero yeah. movies yeah has he yeah like Spider-Man and the Avengers and, oh wow I didn't know that um, yeah anyway. good on him cool but anyway We've... Beetlejuice <laughs> I'm a fan you're a fan yeah okay any like sticking points for you yeah look again this is the first time that I've watched and sort of gone oh Beetlejuice is pretty gross a, like, because he's meant to be really gross, but it was yes. just a step up. I think you, because he is, he is meant to be disgusting mm. and gross and the characters treat him as such. Like he's not applauded for his disgusting behavior at all. He's very much the, um, the worst, the worst yeah. <laughs> and the villain of the, you know, mm. the antagonist, but he is also kind of likable. So yeah. it's a weird balance for writers and directors to try and do because on the mm. one hand they have to make him they don't want to make him over like horrific because they still want him to be this like outlandish likable character the film is named after him like yes. if he's too gross people are going to be turned off yes yeah. exactly so they're trying to you know really get this balance between <laughs> gross it. and likable and for me it was really putting it in context like thinking about back to ghostbusters when yes. we watched that recently and some of the people that weren't supposed to be gross were doing things that were like gross Ugh, now. Yeah. So I think just the level of what what passed as a gross guy yes. back then was at a grosser level. Yep. Like these days, I, I was even thinking of some of the lines, I wish I had written them down, but some of the lines he said, you sort of go, okay, these days he would say this instead. Yes. You know, yep. um, there wouldn't be a brothel put up. There would, yep. That would definitely be a casino. Yeah, you yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's just sort yep. of things that you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Times are... Changed, changed yeah. for the better. Yeah. Um, anyway, what was your thoughts? No, just there. yeah, just exactly that. Yeah, yeah. just that. Um, it's it's a hard sell, I guess, and they they really had to try and find that balance between it. It's almost a bit like the larrikin, the Australian mm. idea of the larrikin. You know, like yeah. a little bit, or like that that guy who's thinks it's funny, but actually yep. it's really sleazy. Yeah. Kind of like. If you've watched The Bachelorette, well, the recent episode, the yep. new <laughs> Bachelorette, there is a guy on there called Jess, and he's fucking disgusting. Okay. And Australia hates him, and I think he's getting fired from his job now. Oh, actually, I did overhear... You probably no. read something about it. Yeah, someone was talking about this that I was talking to recently. Yeah. Like, says he said something like, he had to dress up as a horse, and, you know, as part of their date, and she, the photographer, asked um, the Bachelorette to, like, get on his back as if she was riding this horse, and he was like... Oh, well, you can't blame me if my fingers go wandering. Uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, making, like, staring at her thighs and, like, making faces and, like, licky faces and, mm. like, yeah, just really fucking gross. Yeah. Like, but like that, he thought it was a joke. He didn't think he'd done anything wrong, blah, blah, blah. He belongs in this, like, that's kind of the exact yeah. behavior that Beetlejuice was Maybe displaying. Maybe he's Beetlejuice. What a twist for the bachelor. L- legit. <laughs> I think he might be. She got him off, though, so thank God. Yep. But I think, yeah, at, a, at one point in time, that kind of behavior was considered as a joke. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but it's not treated as such in this movie. No, everyone's like, you're the worst. You're disgusting. Yeah. 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 And then in the original, so the original script was meant to be a lot darker. And in the original script as well, um, Beetlejuice wasn't going to marry Lydia. He was going to rape her. Oh. Yeah. So the original script was... <laughs> That's a lot darker. <laughs> yeah, sorry to just, sorry to just uh, yep, yep. shove that one on you, drop that one on you. 
But yes, he so in the original script, the whole film was a lot darker, but Tim Burton, when Tim Burton got on board with it, because it wasn't written by him, mm. when he got on board, he made a few changes and got another writer on board to make a few changes and made it very much the more fun-loving, light-hearted yeah. film that it is today. So the other thing that they changed was the car crash as well. So in the original script, that was meant to be much more gruesome and really full-on. Yeah. Um, but this time, you hardly see anything. You see the car kind of sinking into yeah. the water. It's played and for it. laughs. That... Yes. It looks very unrealistic. Yeah. They, the dog they swerve to um, save is on... They basically end up on a seesaw, yes, and the right. dog's on the other end balancing them out, and then it sort of barks and jumps off, and you know, like, and yeah. they fall into the yeah. water. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I thought that was, yeah, that was cute, and yeah, you're right, much better than a gruesome car crash. Yes, yeah. So the gruesome car crash, car crash, and then the assault on Lydia were two of the things that were the big changes. But overall, it lent much more towards the horror kind of side of things um, than what we remember oh yeah. yeah well yeah that's that's good yeah very much so <laughs> yeah i think it's good i think, I think this, it's a good change this film works because it is and that's why i think it but now that i'm not a super burden fan yes you can look at burden's career and you can see which films of his worked and which ones don't and this one works for him so well because it is a cartoon yes it yes from start to finish like a kid's a kid's cartoon yes. that's been maybe a bit a bit darker. A bit darker. Yeah. A bit, like he says the F word once. Yes, I yeah. think so, yeah. Um, like, you know, it's yeah. a bit like that, but it, it's just a cartoon from start to finish and it's just fun. Yeah. And Tim Burton always, when he flirts with darkness, like he does here, much better than when he goes fully dark totally. because he doesn't know what to do. Yes, I'm 100, it, I 100% agree. Yeah. I think I feel bad for him in a little way because he's been pigeonholed as the dark director. Like yeah. everything he does is so dark. And you, you look at something it's like this dark. and you go, his good films aren't dark. His no. good films are just silly. They they feel dark because they are so lighthearted with a little bit of touch of the theme of darkness. So you're like, oh, isn't this nice? Oh, but it's about ghosts, you know, like... (laughs) And and we'll get to um, Edward Scissorhands at some stage because I've got that one. Oh, you've got that one. Yeah, great. Uh, But yeah, again, another one where it's just like, oh, yeah, that's so dark. And you're like... No, it's not. Yeah. Like most, like, yeah. most of that's fun, pretty lighthearted. Silly, you know, light. there is it's, no. It's just a love story. There's no point in this movie in particular, and and Edward Scissorhands probably as well, where you mm. think things are going to end badly. No. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Edward Scissorhands uh, maybe a, bit, a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah. yeah but, but in this movie, there's no point where you're like, oh, actually, yeah. Lydia is going to marry him, and everything's going to be terrible. Yeah. You know, it's going to turn out. Good. That's it. Yeah. Romance comedy is yeah. really where he, I think, he hits his strides. <laughs> Which people would not associate, no. I guess. But he's done a lot more of that too. I think a lot of people are just like, oh yeah, you know, he's always done such dark, gruesome films. And you're like... Not really. Which ones? Because yeah. yeah, even when we get to Sweeney Todd, we'll talk about that. And that's that's a cartoon yeah. as well. Like none of that is super scary, realistic no. violence. <laughs> anyway. No, and no, of course not. Yeah. Yeah, I just remembered as well, I wrote this down, that... So Michael Keaton, who plays Beetlejuice, he was only in about 20% of the movie. Mm. Well, that's and, why it shocked me this time, because I hadn't watched it in a couple of years, um, that it comes up very much at the end of the opening credits with Michael Keaton yeah. as Beetlejuice. And I'm like, it's kind of weird that they've put him as a and also, sort of. But yeah, he's an and also. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's literally 25 minutes into the movie, he turns up, and then 20% yeah. of the movie, and then that's it. Um, a couple of the other, a couple of the other things I noted down were the surreal, like the hell place. What did you call it before? Purgatory. Purgatory. Yeah, it was waiting purgatory. Room. Where, yeah. No, 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 not the waiting room. Where the sand the worms sand are. Yeah. yeah. So when they, whenever they step out into, like, out of the house, there's this place where they go, and it reminded me of. Um, it's quite surreal. Like it, mm. it looked really surreal. It was. It was all cartoon and. The worms maybe were stop animatronics. Motion. Oh, no, stop, motion. stop motion. Okay, yeah. Remind me of a Dali painting. That's all I think yes. of. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's good because it reminded me of, I don't know if you know this, but Disney worked with oh, Dali. Yeah. I love that short yeah. movie. Yes. Uh, what's it called? Oh, anyway, yeah. write in and tell us. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll put it up. I'll find yeah. it and put it up on, it, um, on the Facebook. My favorite Hitchcock is Spellbound and that yes. dream sequence that he does with Dali. Yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah. yeah, anyway. Yeah, so... Mm. The, like that, you're <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly the aesthetic. Yeah, so it's oh, very beautiful. much... It feels very much like that Dali... It, it is like, you know, total surreal Dali-esque. And then when this movie that Disney did with Dali, or this short film that Disney did with Dali, was like a Dali painting... Come to life. Yeah, come to life. Yeah. And that was essentially what this place felt like to me. So I just wanted mm. to point that out. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's that, the exact aesthetic. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. I've got some sort of relief in my head now. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. 
Um, I had down some things that I thought were funny. Mm-hmm. The I also had down the recently deceased, the recently <laughs> deceased, because that made me laugh as well. Yeah. Um, and then I had the the Lydia's mum when they come. She's like, they don't even have proper Chinese here. They only have <laughs> Cantonese. Cantonese. <laughs> they don't even have the Sichuan. I kind of like that. That was funny. Like the, yeah. she's getting specific about her regions. You know, that's just it. And again, this film like is at its funniest when it isn't as zany. Like, the zany bits are good. You need them. Yeah. Um, which is mainly Beetlejuice. Yes. But it's, yeah, it's... The, the other the, characters. The satire of um, the upper class, yes. which is just fantastic. Yeah. And the satire of, of a, a teenager who is a goth. <laughs> like, because yeah. Lydia, we, I don't think we really mentioned what she looks like, but she likes to wear, like, dark, like, black dresses, long yeah. black dresses, and maybe a veil over her head. She's very much like you know, into this goth-esque at, um, uh, aesthetic. Aesthetic, thank yeah, yeah. you. <laughs> this goth aesthetic. And one of her, the, my favourite lines was her her saying, they must have said something about, maybe the book has something about the strange and unusual on it. And yeah. then she goes, I myself am strange and unusual. <laughs> That's <laughs> it, like, yeah. Yes, girl. That was the best. I myself am strange and unusual. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was one of my favourite lines from her. Yes, uh, yeah. And then I had... Just some casual sexual assault from Beetlejuice. Because I think he... There was that scene where he tries to go up Gina Davies' thigh yeah. a little bit. And that was like... Mm. That really made me like... And that bit where he tried to lift her skirt. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 That but was like, oh, not good. It puts him as the grossest guy. It does, yeah. yeah. That did just remind me, though, of the other thing that I wanted to mention that I thought was just absolutely hilarious. Their caseworker has obviously had her throat slit in the afterlife. And she smokes... And just oh, the yeah. effect of her when she smokes and then the smoke billowing out of her, her throat, throat as well as her I mouth. I know, I love that I too. Like, there's little details yes. and like, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, was, that was also very good. They but, had lots of little random bits and pieces in there yeah. that, that made it work. Mm. Yeah. Um, um, I think that's all I had to say about the actual film itself. Yeah, I, I think so too. Do you want to talk about the DVD or do you want to talk about the legacy of Beetlejuice? Um, maybe we could talk a little bit about the, yeah, I guess the legacy of Beetlejuice. I'm just seeing if I... So I think there's two big things that you can talk about when you talk about Beetlejuice these days. One of them is the sequel. Yes. Sorry, yeah. I wanted to make sure we talked about this. Mm. So as far as, I guess, the Beetlejuice universe, mm. Beetle, Beetleverse... The Beetleverse! <laughs> there I mean, was... People might get a bit confused because, you know, the band, the Beatles? Oh, uh, yeah. They were pretty popular, <laughs> They pretty big, yeah. But there was a Saturday morning cartoon spin-off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll put some photos up of that too, which Tim looks Burton funny. Like, and kids, you know, a kids show. It, it very much made Beetlejuice, uh, took away a lot of the grossness yes. and just made him very zany. Yeah. Um, it would I have to. watched some on YouTube, I remember, oh, I would have been at uni, just because I was like, oh, that existed. And yeah, and I remember when Tim you Burton. sort of realised on YouTube, you're like, this has sort of like everything. everything. If I type this in, oh yeah, it's there. Yeah. Um, I remember that. So that's a bit of fun. But there was forever, ever since sort of its release, because it did quite well, it was number 10 of that year yeah. on a relatively small budget, yeah. even though no the special effects have dated, but it's still pretty Oh, it's cool. amazing. Yeah. The special effects are great. It was Beetlejuice Goes to Hawaii. Yes. It was going to be the sequel. I love it. Um, I'm sure you've read about it, but uh, it sort of went cold again, disappeared for a while. But then when Michael Keaton sort of came back with Birdman, and sort of became popular again and bankable, it was going to happen. Yeah. Suddenly, it was just out of the blue. It was like as, as, yeah. as recent as this year, people are mm. talking about it, but were talking about it as if it might still happen, Yeah, which it's not. It's never going to. Because I think Mike Keaton said yes, right? Because like his star, like he was doing nothing, and yeah. he, he rose very rapidly. Yeah. There was a, he was also supposed to do a King Kong movie. Yeah. And then I think he kind of went, oh, no, wait, I've like... I've risen to the point that I don't actually have to have say to yes to that. everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can actually pick some good stuff. Yep, yep, yep. So I think he's sort of cooled on the idea. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, well, after the success of Stranger Things, where Winona Ryder plays the mother of the missing child, she obviously has been on lots of talk shows and stuff, and she was like, in, I think a couple of years ago, she was confirming a, a sequel so it's kind of all over the shop this and she would say she's said many times that she would do a sequel i just don't know how a sequel would work now and yeah. even then like even after this one was produced if it if the sequel had to come around a year or so after i don't i don't really want to see it like no. i don't i don't want it, it and i don't so want nice. the, the hawaii one mm. it just sounds Ridiculous. terrible yeah. yeah so they apparently they were meant to 
go they were going on a family holiday to Hawaii and then they realized that their holiday house is on a burial ground yeah. and it just sounded I don't know it just sounded like they're trying to do the same thing over again but there wasn't any real point to yeah. it that I could see yeah why do the same thing as a sequel yeah try something new that's it yeah exactly I don't think I just don't think it would have had the same charm yeah the probable other reason that there's not a sequel coming to would be uh, I guess brand confusion because Beetlejuice has now also become like my segue here a hit Broadway musical oh yes it has too yeah, yeah. Um, like you know Tony Award winning yeah. um, the film itself just while talking about awards did win one Academy Award for, oh, for best, what? best makeup oh cool um, which makes a lot of sense because all the aging and everything that does happen and yes. all the dead bodies that's all practical it's makeup too, so it's yeah, yeah brilliant they do a great job um, but the musical, written, written by Mentone, local, uh, Eddie what? Perfect. Wait, no. Oh, yeah. is it written by yeah. Eddie Perfect? Yeah. I did not know that. He was nominated for the Tony, didn't win. Oh, um, when did it come out? Uh, only It was only the Tonys this year, so it would have been oh, wow, it's the really year recent. before. Yeah. Oh. Um, I'd love to see it. Yeah. But it'll come to Australia, obviously, hopefully. One day. If not, come on. <laughs> come I'm on. Sure, I'm sure you're all listening, yeah. all you creatives on Broadway. <laughs> But it's done really well. And you can see how this will work as a musical. Like, it is got the camp enough. It's huge. It's, yep. you know, bombastic. Yeah, definitely. Oh, 100% would work as a musical. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I would... Part of wanting to see it as I was watching this, I was thinking, I wonder how gross Beetlejuice is in the musical. Mm. Like, you have know, they, How his... they changed it for a modern audience. Yep. Yep. Um, I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have too. Yep. But... Uh, Doing very well. Good on you, Eddie Perfect. Yeah, I love him. So good. Mm. I didn't know he was from... Mentone. Mentone. Yeah, he wrote a musical about Mentone. Did he? Yeah. Was it good? You can find it online. Oh, maybe mm. I'll watch it. Oh, no, they just the songs. Ah. <laughs> didn't perform it. Oh, okay. But yeah, so it, it continues on, Beetlejuice. But yeah, I wonder if Warner Brothers sort of went, well, maybe we'll let that make us some cash dollar and then before we, you know, go back to the film yeah. angle. Who watches films, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, just don't do it. Um, Sammy Davis Jr. was meant to play Beetlejuice. Yeah, I remember reading about that mm. in the book. Um, but I think in like a yeah really early, different kind of film stage. Oh, very early. Like yeah. Tim Burton was like, I like Sammy Davis Jr. Let's get him on yeah. board. And yeah, I don't know why someone else said Keaton and blah blah. It happened. Mm. Um, but yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, um, and you know if someone hadn't said Keaton, then we wouldn't have had. Keaton as Batman. Yes, that's true. We had those, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's very true. Which we'll do Batman films too. I've got them as well. We'll get to them. Can't wait. I like the the original Tim Burton one. Oh, brilliant! I yeah. think they're really, really good. Yeah. I, as you know, an angsty teen, I always thought Batman Returns was slightly better because it's a little bit darker. Right. Okay. But um, the first Batman really. I reckon I enjoyed that. Really ticks off. Yeah. I think how Batman can be done well because they've struggled a lot with Batman apart from the Nolan series. You yeah. Know, how to. Yeah. How to get that right? Poor old um. Ben Affleck. Yeah. Poor old Ben Affleck. I know. <laughs> That's it. We all weep for him on a nightly basis. <laughs> Apparently, originally. Yeah. Apparently, the movie was also the um, studio wanted to call it House Ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh God. Yeah. And then as a joke, Tim Burton submitted the name Scared Sheetless. And then they were like, mm, yeah, maybe. Yep. Yeah. And he was like, no, bro, no. <laughs> oh dear. Studios, right? I know, right? <laughs> um, let's, I guess, let's segue a little bit then to talking about the DVD itself. Because I think this one's worth talking about. It's one of like those early DVDs in that it's got both sides are shiny. It's got an oh. A side and a B side. Oh yes. I get what you mean. Yeah. Yes. Or like the really long, some long DVDs. Like I remember It, borrowing out It. And it, and it was yeah. so, so, I don't know, that movie must have been long, but it, it, I had to flip it over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one you didn't have to flip over. No. And I didn't get a chance to see what happened when I put the B side in. No. Um, well, I don't think, there's no special features. Except no. for interactive menus and scene access. That's just it. Well, and there's also production notes on the DVD. Oh, yes. There it was just like a Wikipedia written, summary. Yeah. Oh. I couldn't, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't force myself to read that no, it was like yeah the i glanced through it and it was yeah like before the internet was yes. you know you could have that on a different screen while you're watching yeah um <laughs> yep. and yeah a theatrical trailer yep. is in there which i didn't watch but it did get me thinking i'm like if they use the theme from beetlejuice now to cut all these other trailers what did they use for beetlejuice? <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was the original mm. 
Uh, should we talk about the soundtrack a little? Oh, yeah. So, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman so creatively, though, puts in the Banana Boat song, like, organically throughout the whole soundtrack. Mm. It's not just there's the Banana Boat song in The Haunting. Yeah. He sort of used that as a jumping-off point. Yeah. But darkened it up. Because the Banana Boat song, not traditionally the darkest song. <laughs> there's that scary bit about the big tarantula. But, you know, apart <laughs> from that, <laughs> apart from that, you're pretty happy for pretty the whole happy. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, lots of clips, though. Style. So there's that one, and then there's the other one is the one that she sings at the end, or the one that she dances to at the end. Yeah. Dun 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 Which is jump in line um, that she sings at the end, and they're both by Harry Belafonte, who was like a big calypso kind of popularized calypso music at the time. Calypso music is like a Caribbean and Afro-Caribbean style of music, and I. I did find it interesting that they were so happy to use these Calypso songs and yet there was no one, mm. there was no people of colour in the film at all. So that was kind of interesting. Just yeah. a side note. I don't know where to go with that, but yeah. Um, and it's interesting to know that those two songs were such a part of the film that they're both included in the musical as well. Ah, oh, they have to be. Yeah, that's surely. just it. Imagine if you couldn't get the rights. Like, yeah. you'd have to. Yeah. That's, I'm sure, yeah, that would be something that yeah. you'd figure that out before you hire anyone else to write anything else yeah i feel like if you don't know anything about beetlejuice you know the um banana boat banana boat yeah yeah banana boat song scene yeah that's just yeah where they get possessed because it's such a classic scene and when we watched it it was like it's like you've been waiting for it you're like yeah it's this scene you know it's so much fun and exactly yeah yeah it's just it's great yeah and highlights just the cartoon nature of the film too totally it's just it's a bunch of sort of silly sketches Around this kind of fun thing. Yeah. Of death. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which is like, it's good to be able to talk about death, mm. you know? Maybe there is an afterlife. Maybe we will be ghosts stuck in our own house for 138 years. Do you have to own the house? Because otherwise... Oh, we're fucked. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Anyone in our generation yeah. will be fine. We'll just... <laughs> we'll live forever. Oh, yeah. Great. Uh, cool. I don't know if I've got much more to say. No, me either. But we do have a decision to make. Beck, you've been given permission to... Get rid of it. Yeah. I know. I don't know what to do. I'm actually... I don't know what to do. What would you do? I think I'd keep it. You think you'd keep it? Yeah. Oh. It's not on Stan. It's not on Netflix. Ah. So originally coming into this, when you brought this up, I was like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I'd like to keep that. Oh. Mm. And then I was like, no, it's probably aged a lot. And then I was starting to sort of think through. I'm like, uh, uh, I was obsessed with Tim Burton, blah, blah, blah. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is really fun. Oh, so maybe this is going to make my decision easier because mm. I don't really want to get rid of it, but maybe you could have it. Am I going to keep it? Can you keep it? I think I can keep it. Is Elizabeth going to lose her shit? Uh, no, I think she'll be fine. Okay. We're only up to four in total now, okay. remember? Okay. Um, and, and we can revisit. We can always revisit. Yeah. And I know for a fact, looking over my top layer of DVDs in the box I keep them in now, We've got a few that are going to be going <laughs> at least to the op shop. Okay, cool. For a while. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh, that's, this is a first. I know, the DVD right? clutter. Yeah. Decluttering from the Gooch Andrew Chung household, or as I like to call it, the Chooch household. Yes. And going to the... Walters's. Walters's household. Yeah. Ooh. Um, Controversial. I know. Let us know if you are unhappy with this decision. That's it. My only, the only thing that I think would make me unhappy about it, nah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, it's just because it is like there's very few special features on it. Yes. You know? If it was a special edition yeah. with like extra, yeah, like a look back or That's interviews it. with the cast now or something like that. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, but no, I'm happy to keep this one. Yeah. Woo, Brilliant. Cool. How exciting. What a special thing for episode 20. Oh, yeah. We're That's hitting right. the big 2-0. Exactly. No we're longer teenagers. Almost legal in America. Yeah. Legal in Canada. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Australia. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Where we are. Yes. Um, oh, just it just made me think when you said about the special features. Like, I think that everything that I've read about the movie as well, everyone said it was a really awesome vibe on set. Oh, and cool. it was a really fun experience for them all. That's, yeah. So much so that Otho, the guy who plays Otho, he died when he was about 58 years old and oh. he had the Banana Boat song played at his funeral. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So it was such a big, he like, he looks back on it with a lot of love and, you know, respect. And so, oh, that's yeah. good to hear. Yeah. That, you know, it's a fun thing to do. Yeah. People, I've often heard that apparently Michael Keaton's just 
actually really good to be around. A great guy. Yeah. yeah. Not his character. No, not his but character. That's so nice. Yeah. 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 yeah good on you, Mike. Good on them all. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I, that's that's about it. I think that's wrapping us up. Yeah. If you like this episode, if you like the show, please uh, make contact with us. I've had quite a bit of feedback recently. Oh, cool. About a few people very happy that Zoolander hasn't aged poorly. <laughs> Apparently that film was a big part of a lot of childhoods. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, seeing that name pop up, they're all a bit scared. There's yes. going to be a dude, where's my car path? Yes. Follow. Yeah. Um, some feedback on that. And then I've had a lot of feedback on Ever After. Oh. Some people afraid of the fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Most people love the fighting. Some people love the fighting. But so I've had some feedback very much supporting your opinion and saying oh, that I'm a yes. monster. Yes. Vindicated. And I don't think I just want to say here, I don't think I was negative. I was <laughs> I think you I are was more of a neutral. Hashtag closed for film. Yes. Hashtag closed for film. You were not neutral. We can't fight about this again. Okay. That's all right. I've also had a lot of feedback about the Ever After episode. Um, and my best friend who had to suffer through watching Ever After many, <laughs> many times when when we were little. She might have just watched it once. It feels like you've watched it a lot of times. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but she was definitely on your side. So you've got one fan. That's all I need. <laughs> anyway, if you want to be one of our fans, you can get in contact with us over Facebook, over Twitter, over Instagram, over email, all at DVD Clutter, spelt D-V-D-E-C-L-U-T-T-E-R at all of the above. Yeah. At Gmail, Facebook, Instagram. Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> Is that how it works? Yeah. Just, just uh, you know, put in our name into any of those social media sites and we're likely to mm. pop up. And if you're new to the show too, do remember we've got the whole back catalogue up yes, on Favourite Podcast. Yes, we do. Apps. 20 episodes now. Yeah. So you can have a really long road trip with that. That's just it. Yeah. Some of them really short too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but please don't forget to subscribe um, please come and like our page on Facebook. I put up a bunch of stuff there. Um, actually, your mum responded to... I put up a very yeah. hilarious image of a beetle yes. and some juice. Uh-huh. And I was like, what do you reckon we're going to do next? And your mum wrote, bug orange. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great because it's like that scene in the movie where... Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <Meta>. The recently <laughs> diseased. Yeah. yeah, so that made me laugh a lot. All right. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your neighbours, etc., etc. Let us know that you're listening. That's always nice. Mm. And we'll see you next week for another spooky tale. Oh, so true. What yeah. are we doing next week, Paul? Splinter. Your favourite horror film that you've yeah. never heard of. That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, could be classic. Could be. We'll find out. We'll find out. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.